Good morning, good day, everybody, everybody, it's Tuesday. It's the 17th of November. You guys, we are halfway through the month, more than halfway. Um, the time seems to fly sometimes. I feel at the beginning of the week, it's really slow. And then it just like flies by. Um, Thanksgiving is next Thursday. Um, I actually worked that day. We had to alternate holidays. I live two blocks from my work, so it's not a big deal for me. Um, I let my children decide what they wanted for Thanksgiving because I don't eat meat. Um, so they got to decide, uh, what they wanted and they want famous bowls. I don't know what kind of pies we'll make. My boss is making me a chocolate cream pie homemade. So that's probably going to be our pie. And I'll have to make nothing. It's so exciting. Yum. So you guys, today is Thursday. Um, I'm in, I am in a different frame of mind today than I was yesterday. Um, I like taking you through the process of these things that happen within my life. Putting my dog down was a hard thing. I'd never loved something that much for a long time. A long time. Not even in my relationships. My children, of course, would tear me apart. But another person, it's been quite a long time. My grandparents. And I loved my grandparents more than I loved my parents. So... Um, and that's because you guys, my grandparents care of me. They loved me and nurtured me the way I needed. My parents don't know how to love. So therefore in my eyes and in my heart, they, I just don't have that kind of love for them, that connection. There was never any connection there. Even now, yes, I seek to want to have a relationship with my mother because God forbid the day she dies, I don't know about it and I never got to tell her that I love her. But uh, there's still that, that missing connection there. I had that with my dog. Um, they always say there's that one animal. You know, I had dogs throughout my years, you guys. It was all, God always... This is where I knew God was very prevalent in my life. When I look back as a child, there was always a dog protecting me. They didn't like my brother. Not that my brother was a bad kid, but seemingly these dogs would protect me from men. Um, my father had a hunting dog named Rambo. This dog hated all the other kids, but he loved me. I remember moments thinking he was going to bite the head off of some of these kids because they liked to tease him. He was a hunting dog, so he's always fenced in. But I would always get in the fence with him, and he was just so loving. I loved him. And then my mother got him in the divorce, you know, because she couldn't just let my dad have the dog because it was my dad's dog. No, she had to be greedy. This is how divorce goes. you got to be greedy. Somebody's always greedy, I know. My ex-husband was the same greedy he wanted it all 
So my mother wanted the dog, my dad's hunting dog. What does she do when she gets the dog? Her and Pete sell it for money because they're greedy. They're all about the money. Pete was all about this. And Ramble was an expensive hunting dog. He was a good dog. He was so smart. That dog, he reminded me of Duchess. Now when I think about it, because Duchess could catch, Duchess caught pheasants out of the air. I remember one time thinking, or was it a seagull? No, she brought a pheasant back into the yard and then she caught a seagull by the foot while it was there. Um, she killed gophers. Um, she, I don't know if she ever caught a duck. There's days where she was gone. I don't know what she did. She was self-sufficient. She could take care of herself. But Ramble was the same way. He used to go hunt ducks and he would bring them back. They'd be chewed up and marred from him trying to catch them. But he was that smart. So one day I came home from school. On. And I remember for a good month where he used to get tied up at um, was his paw prints. I just would look at them. And then we got another dog. We got Trixie. I got her as a puppy. And I remember in the pedigree bag came a little booklet, little puppy training booklet. And I started training her. And my brother remembers this dog. He hated him. <laughs> I had her for a long time. She got so smart, she would race me to the mailbox. She went everywhere with me. She loved me. I loved her. Um... My brother, he would tease me or do something and she would rip his clothes. Literally, she would trip him because she was like a, she was kind of like a sheepdog, that breed, mixed breed. So she would trip him and she would start ripping his clothes off. And I would encourage it. Of course, I would encourage it. It was fun. And one day she nipped my sister in the face, in the cheek. Sister got close to her food, you know. Although we had aggressive dogs that nipped at me, uh, Pete came home, heard about it, um, didn't even tell me, put a gun to her head, um, and threw her out in a rock pile. Um, that kind of scarred me. This is why handling death is so important to give your children the right. See, my dad had a dog too. And I remember one time looking out the window. I wasn't even school age. And I, I was supposed to be taking a nap. And I look out the window and he shot this dog. And my compassionate little heart bawled. I couldn't stand to watch a cat try to eat a bird. Here was my dad man I loved doing this. Pete, I got it. He was just a mean man. My father. So it really twisted my head up in the process of handling death and grieving. Like those things I wasn't allowed to grieve. You know, my dad did that in secret. Pete, he wanted, he wanted to see me in pain. That's why he did it the way he did. Dog's dead. 
He wanted to rip my little heart into pieces. He enjoyed it. And so I grew up not knowing how to express grief. I held it in. I didn't know how to. And then when my grandparents died, like my grandma and my grandpa, no, my great grandma and my grandpa, Reggie, I was in my marriage at the time and I wasn't allowed to grieve with him because God forbid he could ever allow the attention to be veered from him. I grieved on the inside. So I know that I needed to go through what I went through. Brought a lot of understanding, brought a lesson in my life, you guys. Everything can be a lesson. Everything can be a beautiful lesson if you allow the process. There was a process. There was planning. There was calling. I had to make the calls, the tough calls. I had to sit down with my children. I had to have the tough conversation. I had to save to make sure that I got what I thought was right out of it. I was having her grieve. I needed that closure. My daughter needed that closure. I remember thinking, we might not be able to afford it. But we made it happen. Because I needed that. God made it happen. So... I also planned it on a day where I could have the weekend to grieve openly. I didn't have to hide it at work. I didn't have to try to paint a smile on my face. I didn't have to be pretend to be anything. I didn't have to pretend to be happy. I'm so sick of pretending. Sometimes it just drives me mad. And that's my own fault. I'm so used to having to pretend. I don't know how to unpretend. So I had the weekend to clean my house, to do things, got it out of me. And I cried. I cried openly. I cried in front of my kids. I cried. I cried in the store. I cried. I cried till I couldn't cry no more. And once I was done letting go of the sadness, I felt empty. Was that Deb Ray after you guys? was empty. God started showing me now with the emptiness where she was at, things I could give more love to. So yesterday was a beautiful day to go to work for me and get back on my for you guys. It was a little different. You know, I had to go in and be like, oh man, you know what? This time I was at work, I was Thinking about, you know, I had to go to the vet. I remember the last time sitting here thinking about planning to put my dog down. That was a little rough. That was a rough day. But you know what? Once I got through the day and I got home, just other things happened in my life. Um, I'm opening up this space for something new. God is directing me what will be there. And... Not going to share right now <laughs> but i get to put more energy into these things too my children and everything into my podcast um 
I've got some things coming and I'm so excited to try them out. Um, to upgrade when I'm doing a podcast in my videos. I'm really excited to have new products to produce better content, maybe better sounding, better visually. I'm really excited about these things and I'm excited to share them with you. God is putting things in my life that are going to focus in on my purpose, bring more love into this world, bring more to, to create more love within me um, and put more love out in the world. I found that through my grieving that especially yesterday, I found that I came out of it by loving others, by caring about others, by asking others how they were by really caring about them, not just asking to ask you about it. Actually really go, you know what? I'm not the only one who goes through things. And I've been very, very selfish. So I've been stepping outside of myself and remembering to ask people, how are you through this season? This has been a tough year, you guys. So out of my grief came more compassion and understanding for the people around me. I want to love them more. And I want to create these bonds like I had with my dog. No, and there was there was a lot of anger and resentment for things in the past, but truly we had this. It was something that nobody could deny. Even my daughter said it. When I was in the room, she listened to nobody else. I could look at her and she knew what command I was saying. What kind of dog does that? A dog that you have a bond this. The dog that God has ordained to put in your life to protect. See, God used her to teach me it's okay to allow things to, to be around you and love you. Because I wouldn't let a person do it. Now guess what? See what God did? Now I have to allow people. God's smart. God is a very very smart God. He did it in degrees with me, you guys. God sculpts people. He does it in degrees. I used to think I allowed people to love me, and then I thought, well, maybe they don't love me, but really, I don't allow people to love me. And God had to do things in small degrees to show me the truth of what I've become in this world that processed me through this toxicity. In degrees, God brought me out of it. So you guys, then a emotional, beautiful process. I'm going to tell you, never once doubted the love of God. It was with me every step of the way. Every step. Though he was, was there, loving me, bringing things into my life to keep me not stuck, but to keep moving like clouds. What was it, Saturday? It was a different kind of cloud. It was like the popcorn looking kind of clouds, the ones that are really 3D looking, but they kind of shadow the sun. And so sometimes it would be bright and sometimes it'd be cloudy, sometimes it'd be bright. And they passed 
We're like a steady like this all day. God's like, this is you right now with your emotions. Let them pass. Don't try to hang on to them, get caught up in, in certain things. Just, just let them pass. Go through the things. Go through the motions of the day. Clean your house. Look at pictures. Cry. Let those things pass. He was right. And I leaned onto him and through it. And I didn't stay stuck and it became a beautiful process. Something I'm teaching my kids. They've never experienced the right way, the healthy way. So, today is Tuesday. Guys, it's been a while since I read out of the Bible. It's been a minute. I feel like... I feel like I'm out of touch with the Bible since I haven't been in it. Last we left off, Sarah was had died, passed away. And Abraham purchased land with the cave and trees on the land. Um, and that's where he planned to bury his loved ones. Um, this was the first... Oh, I'm tired, you guys. I exercised. Oh, yeah, and I've still been exercising, you guys. Let me just state, like, that I didn't give up. That was something... I did skip out on Saturday because I slept in until, like, I'm not going to lie, 1 o'clock on Saturday. I slept until 1 o'clock. Um, and I just kind of was slow through my day, but on Sunday I picked it back up again and I've just been dedicated. So now it's like 35 minutes of just go, go, go in the morning. So, you know, here we are. Diet exercise. It's been one, two, three. In my fourth week, you guys, I'm in my fourth week of this exercise, and um, I love it. Like this week, even though I missed Saturday, uh, it got easier where I was able to add an extra step. So I'm doing five sets every morning in the matter of about 30 35 minutes, um, and I love it. I am just dedicated to it. Plus my tea, like I've really gotten into drinking my tea. Um, it's really helping keep my body going in a very healthy way. So you guys, like if you haven't picked up an exercise routine and you're feeling in the slump, I'm telling you, once you get past the second week mark, the third and fourth week, you start feeling better. You start feeling energized. Like I'm, I look forward when I wake up. You know, I used to have to set my alarm 15 minutes before 5 o'clock because that's how long it took me to get out of bed. It was just draggy. It was so draggy. I was like in a slump. I don't want to say I was depressed, but maybe my I was. Like I was a little like depressed, but I didn't recognize it because I had no motivation in the morning to get up and do anything there was nothing challenging me nothing that made my body feel good now that i've not only been challenged but i've succeeded and i've grown from it i've i've capitalized on that challenge not only you know at first i was just doing three sets now i'm doing five 
um, and that's what I'm going to do, and it feels good, and I get to get up at 5 now instead of 4.45, um, and I'm excited to get up. I'm like, okay, I'm ready for the day. Like, even today, today's my day off, and I don't care. I want to be up at 5. Like, it would throw me off not to be up at 5. I love it. It's exciting. Guys, if you're feeling that winter drag, we all go through this. It's a change of season. If you're feeling the winter drag, you have to you have to change something. You have to change your behavior. You have to change your habits. You have to change something within your life. It may not be what you think it is. For me, I was exercising, but it wasn't enough. I also had to change my tea up. Like this really, really helped me to this ginger turmeric root tea. Like I live for it. I love it. This is really all I drink now. And I love to make it. Um, mm, I look forward to drinking it in the morning. That's what I, I love it. Guys, just sometimes you just need to change things up um, and change up your routine to something different to bring something new into your life, to bring a new spark, especially in the winter. So that being said, let's move on. So chapter 24 is where we're going to start. And we'll read the last verse of chapter 23, which is verse 20. Oh yeah, you guys, and I haven't used conditioner um, at all. Like I've given it up. I'll never use it again. And I just like to remind you guys that like, I mean, I want to encourage people that all natural is so much more healthier. Ugh, hair. So in chapter 23, verse 20, so the field and the cave that is in where he did to Abraham were by the sons of Heth as property for burial property for a burial place so here you guys people are making covenants with each other and they're deeding places out and selling property to ensure that people have a sound place and when you gave your word back then your word carried on through legacies now, it wasn't it died with dad just because dad made a deal doesn't mean i have to hold true to it no 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 back then that was a lasting legacy, giving your word. Like your children carried your word out the way it was. Nowadays, you don't see that very often because parents aren't teaching it. So in chapter 24, it says, Now Abraham... Oh, you guys, that is a whole page. You might break it up. I might break this up you guys now abraham was old well advanced in age and the lord had blessed abraham in all things abraham said to the oldest servant of his house who ruled over all he had please put your hand under my thigh and i will make you swear by the lord the god of heaven and god of earth that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of Canaanites among whom I dwell, but you shall go to my country and to my family and take a wife for my son Isaac. And the servant said to him, perhaps the woman will not be willing to follow me into this land. Yes, you guys, this is a two-day story. We are getting 
into the meat and potatoes. I can't even, like, this just got me excited. Oh, I'm so excited, you guys. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll calm down. I'll calm down. I'm together. Pull it in. So what Abraham is saying here, you guys, he's telling his servant, put your hand underneath my thigh. And back then, you guys, when you put your hand underneath a man's thigh, it was an intimate covenant, meaning you meant what you said. That was that was something done within the Israelites. And it, it meant serious business. Like, that's why they did it that way. It was among the Israelite people. They meant business when they said, but that was a covenant. You're bound now. And so Abraham is asking his highest servant, I do not want you to uh, take a wife for my son Isaac from the Canaanites here. You know, I want him to take a wife back from where I came from. Let's, let's, let's go on. And the servant said to him, perhaps the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I take your son back to the land from which you came? But Abraham said to him, beware that you do not take my son back there. The Lord God of heaven, who took me from my father's house, from the land of my family, who spoke to me, swore to me, saying to your descendants, I give this land. He will send his angel before you, and you shall take a wife for my son from there. And if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from this oath. Only do not take my son back there. So in this, Abraham is saying that no. I want to trust in the trust the Lord in what he's saying. You go. You do not take my son. If the woman does not want to return with you, then I release you from this oath and it's not meant to be. But see, I think deep down, Abraham was talking to God and God was just like, trust me, trust me, trust me. You know, those finer, intimate, detailed conversations that we don't really hear all of in the Bible, you guys. But I guarantee as this, as Abraham was with God, God was going, Abraham, they were talking back and forth about it. You remember when Abraham was bartering with God over Sodom and Gomorrah, okay? Because he knew Lot lived there. Well, I can imagine just like I've had a conversation with God where God's like, this is going to happen. And suddenly I want to plan every single detail. Um, Take for instance, what do I want to take for instance? Okay, so there was a point in time this summer when I was not going to go to this fair thing that was happening at the park. I was going to stay home. God did not want me to go, but he wanted my youngest son to go with my oldest, but my daughter ended up staying home. And that was so that God could unite my two sons and they were going to have a bonding time. And Vincent was going to get to purchase a pocket knife that I had been saying no to. But his brother was going to help him pick it out. Um, you know, suddenly when, when suddenly, you know, Brendan wanted to take Vincent, I was like, well, wait a second, God, I'm not going. And Bailey's not going. Suddenly I wanted to know every detail. And God's like, trust me, you don't need to know every detail. Send Vincent some money and just let it go. You don't need to go, Christine, and everything will be all right. I'm sure that, you know, Abraham sitting here going, well, should I send Isaac? Should I send this? Like, this is going to be his wife. And God's like, no, trust me. I'm going before your servant. I got this. I already know. And Abraham had a lot of faith in God because of history.
Well, God builds that trust. How beautiful. Um, the servant, so the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. Then the servant took 10 of his master's camels and departed for all of his master's goods were in his hand. And he arose and went to, um, Mesopotamia, the city of Nora, Nahor, the city of Nahor, sorry. And he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at the evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. Then he said, O Lord God, my master of Abraham, please give me success today and show me kindness to my master Abraham. Um, behold, here I stand by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city are coming to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, drink, and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this, I will know that you have shown your kindness to my master. And it happened before he had finished speaking and behold, Rebecca. Remember, we had heard about Rebecca, okay, was born to Bethuel, son of Micah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her pitcher on her shoulder. Now, the young woman was very beautiful to behold, a virgin. No man had known her. She went down to the well, filled her pitcher, and came up. And a servant ran to meet her and said, Please let me drink a little water from your pitcher. So she said, Drink, my lord. Then she quickly let her pitcher down to her hand and gave him a drink. And when she was finished giving him a drink, he said, I will... She said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. Then she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran back to the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. And the man wondering at her remained silent so as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. So it was when the camels had finished drinking, the man took the golden nose ring weighing half a shekel two bracelets for her wrist weighing 10 shekels of gold and said whose daughter are you tell me please is there room in your father's house for us to lodge so she said to him i am the daughter of bethuel melka's son whom she bore to nahor moreover she said to him we have both straw and feed enough and room to lodge then the man bowed down his head and worshiped the Lord. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his mercy, his truth towards my master. As for me being on the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. So the young woman ran and told her mother's household these things. We're going to end there, you guys. I don't, I want to find a nice... I don't want to continue further because then it gets really good. Okay, you guys. Rebecca was a descendant of Abraham's brother. Okay. Abraham's wife's son. Let's find this out. I am the daughter of a son. Okay. So it was his brother's son's daughter. 
would be his granddaughter. So this was his great niece. This would be Abraham's great niece. I can't remember how that would work. But so they were related. Of course, everybody was related back then, you guys. We all came from Noah and his wife, and he had three sons. That's all that was left after the flood. We saw the genealogy, the genealogy. I posted it. Um, you know, it's somewhere in my it's somewhere on my page. Um, so um we all came from Noah and his three sons. But I believe God had shown Abraham how this was all going to kind of go down. Not maybe every detail, but enough to satisfy Abraham's curiosity where he had a lot of faith. And he's like, you know what? How do you know it's going to be okay? Um, and the woman for Isaac was going to be a loving woman. And here's what I do want to point out. When it says, behold, I stand here by the well of the water and the daughters of the men of the city are coming to draw water. Now let it be the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, drink and I will also give your camels a drink and let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. It was the servant speaking to God. But a lot of times too, you guys, and I'm going to, I'm just going to say it. God was speaking through this man to this man. God has done it to me on these videos. You guys have seen it. You guys have heard it. In that one passage, God was speaking through this man to this man. Why does God do this? God does this because when we say it out loud, we realize, okay, this is the plan. This is this. When this happens, I know this is God's will. So this man is not only asking God, but God is God is speaking through him to affirm that this is going to be the woman for Isaac. When this happens, you know, this is going to be the woman and just know she is and have faith in that. And you just follow my lead, follow what comes to your heart. Um, and you guys in the details, you will notice she was a virgin. And the reason that she would do those particular things, that he would ask her for a drink of water and that she would offer it to the camels. And that was going to be her response as she was a pure woman. She was a kind hearted woman. She was a loving woman. And the woman that God had ordained for Isaac had to be somebody who was pure, pure at heart. She had to be kind. So it wasn't just in offering him a drink. It was in response of having the kindness to think maybe his camels need to drink and to offer that right after without him asking. And hearing that, he would know that she had the heart that God was looking for to be the woman that Isaac needed in his life to create the 12 tribes of Israel. You know, they needed to create that loving bond to 
to be able to raise sons in a loving environment. See, God was trying to put people together that were loving and obedient to him, that were kind-hearted, that were pure in the heart. Um, get it? That's what he's been trying to do to me in repairing my heart. God has been making me a Proverbs 31 woman for over a year. I mean, pretty close. I'm not perfect, but I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm pretty close. And he works on that kindness and that compassion to where you give more in the world. Rebecca ended up being a great woman in her tribe, in her, with her people, in her country. She was a healer. She was wisdom. When you hear the Proverbs speak about wisdom, they always say wisdom is a her. And I believe that God places wisdom in Proverbs 31 women if they allow God to sculpt them. You can't have wisdom if you're running your soup cooler and you never reflect on your behavior. You cannot be a Proverbs 31 woman. If you're not willing to listen to criticism, God has broken me down in a way where even when I'm wrong, I have to admit it. I have to face that. And I can't rise up and be angry and allow the Pharisee to come out. I have to be honest and I have to go, you're correct. I am wrong. I've had those moments. I had to be corrected. I had to be you know, shown where I was wrong, but it's in those moments I've grown stronger. So some of you women who are listening, um, you know, to be that type of woman, um, the only way to do it is to lean on to God. You can't, you can't take a class from another person. I'm, I'm just going to tell you, people will offer you classes. People will tell you they can take you through it. Sure, you can, God will bring you videos. God showed me who to listen to when it came to videos that started to educate me on what I should expect. But the real life lessons came from God and me living my life and God, show, God showing me where I was wrong and God showing me where I needed to grow where the real training came from. It wasn't just watching videos, you guys. You learn nothing by watching videos. All you do is watch them. Unless you apply that education in real life experience and go out and live your life, those videos do you no good. You hear that phrase, memes don't work unless you work them. That is so true. For you to become a good person in this world, you have to practice every day being a good person. You have to wake up going, I'm going to be a good person today. Like me, every day I wake up with the mindset, today is going to be a great day. I put systems in place to remind me that I have a beautiful life. And to be grateful for the things that I do have and that I'm capable of doing. So, you know, when they were, when they were looking at the signs, 
They were looking for a woman that was a woman, a lady of God. She was different. She had been, um, she had a different kind of heart. Because you could have all the good upbringing in the world and you could still have some bitterness and toxic behavior where you go out and even back in them days and you're sleeping around and you're just, you're being super flirty. That was another thing you point out. She's not that way. She was different. She wasn't the way of normal women back then. Back then there was a lot of women who just, just slept with whoever that was common back then. Um, there's the story of the Good Samaritan woman at the well. She had five different men, five different husbands. Jesus called her out on it. Didn't make her a bad person. That's just the way life was back then. They followed what they saw. But see, she had kept herself pure, which meant that she was following her heart in life and not flesh desires. And in following her heart, she was following God, which means she somewhere in her life, her life had been planned out. So she was being saved for Isaac. Um, and you will find that in many cases with people who are drawn together in true love. There are just some experiences that are saved for that true love um, bond. You'll see it in their stories. There's just some things where it's like they were meant to be and God saved the best for when they were together. Anyway, you guys, so let's recap. This is an amazing story. We are, I'm taking you through the process of death, you know, and it may just be a pet to some people, but this was a bond with a dog that um, had a huge piece of me in her. Um, she used to be all I had. She used to be the only rock in my life that I knew if we went on a walk, everything would be all right. You just go get away from the fighting. My life that I hated, like she was just always there. But in this process, I'm showing you when you lean on to God, God will carry you through and he will allow you to feel the emotions. God allows me to feel those emotions. I didn't have to be perfect. Saturday, I didn't have to get up and do my video and exercise and do all these things I normally do. He allowed me to sleep in. He allowed me to cry. He allowed me to be a, a, a teary mess all weekend. He allowed me that. And he loved me through it. I didn't need to be perfect. I don't feel guilty. One bit. I don't feel guilty for nothing. And I feel grateful that I'm allowed. Or I have a life where I can show my children that showing emotions is healthy. So... Guys are seeing the process of grieving death in my family, um, at least through me. 
and it's been a beautiful process and I am grateful for the experience. Um, we're into the part of the story of the Bible where um, Abraham sent his servant to go find Isaac's wife. God already knew. God went before him, you know, and where flesh is a little worried, God already had it planned. And guess what? It happened exactly how God said it was going to. She was exactly who God had ordained. Because God's plans always unfold exactly how God plans them. I'm living, I'm living example of that, you Today is Tuesday. Challenge of the day. Challenge of the day. I want you guys to think about that. How do you process death? Everybody's different. I had to ask my 16-year-old son on Sunday, how do you process your emotions? He asked me why I asked him that. I said, because you're in turning into a young adult. You process your emotions differently than I would say a woman and I'm curious you know when you say it out loud and you start drawing things you guys you start drawing pictures okay you start drawing things you start speaking it out loud you write it down you have to get it out when you just talk about it in your head your head will twist it okay our brains are very tricky sometimes your brain will twist the words and twist it and you'll get sidetracked and distracted. When you start drawing pictures and you start writing it out and you start speaking it out loud, you can't run from things that way. That's why it's so important in how do you process negativity? How do you process your emotions? How do you process death? How do you process it? Do you write about it? Do you talk about it? You internalize it. Internalizing it is unhealthy. Internalizing anything is unhealthy. Internalizing it in your brain, internalizing it in your body, internalizing anything is unhealthy. Can't express that enough. You have to let it out somehow. You have to let it out the cracks of the wall that you've built around yourself. I know because I was that way. I had a fortress. Nothing was coming in and nothing was going out. I had to I had to take it down. There was no way I could live like that anymore. It was killing me. So you guys, there's your challenge. It's Tuesday. Have a beautiful day. I hope today's beautiful. You eh, I can't even talk. I hope today's beautiful.